Now we've got to scramble. Walsh around the body, doesn't miss. What a star this young man is. To Kurnow. And Charlie Kurnow off one step. Just went bang. Durden, he saw his way through. And Honey Milk didn't put it right through the middle. Big moment. Kennedy, Walsh, bangs it. Brilliant. This kid just keeps on rising. Gives it a roost. He gives it a magnificent roost. He kicked the goal. Walsh, here he is, straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Launches long, Mackay marks, it's over. Colossal. Listen to that roar. The seconds tick down. Can't do anything crazy. Heads wide. Kano's been epic. Can't mark it. Burton takes it, but it's out of play and there's six seconds left. And the roar you hear at the MCG might be like nothing you've heard before. Port Adelaide was stalking an Eastern Miracle from 50 down. But the Blues, solid as ever, hold up. They're not just back the Blues, they're back to stay. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed Zetzer with you today alongside my co-host Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Welcome back. Well, we got the win. It was a very weird win, but uh, firstly, welcome, and how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Well, another win under our belt. It was very eerily similar to the game two weeks ago against Hawthorne, but I didn't think we'd get another chance to, you know, play like that and win again, so we're very lucky we get out of jail for the second time in three weeks. We are. I was, I, I'll agree. It was basically the exact same game as Hawthorne. You go seven, eight goals up, they come back. I guess the only difference is that Port Adelaide didn't actually hit the lead after they came back. But, uh, you know, you banked the four points. Um, at the end of the day, we got the win, and a win's a win. And we did it ugly. We're not playing great, but, you know, four points is four points. It is. I just, I'm very, I am a bit concerned, though, because I know we're winning. We're four and one. It's an ugly four and one. And I, I just still think we're a middle of the, table team really I don't think we're playing well enough you know this it's just this isn't sustainable for another you know 17 rounds playing well, it's like not. this it's definitely not and I can agree with that but at the end of the day and this is I guess the question I'll ask you to start the show would you rather be 4-1 and one playing awesome unreal footy or 4-1 and one playing pretty averagely with a lot of room to improve well that's the issue is it is it room to improve well, there's plenty of room to improve. I would have thought. It's tough to know. I, I, I think. I think there's so. I think we showed in the first two weeks. You know the standard that was set. There's so much room to improve. We still haven't seen a game. We haven't seen a complete game. No, well, we haven't seen a complete game yet either. I, I think I'm very unsure of where we sit. Richmond was possibly a complete game. Well, no. Four quarters. First and third quarters were pretty ordinary. Mm. There hasn't been a you know steady progression throughout a game for us and Richmond will you know probably another goal away from losing that as well in the last quarter I just don't know where they're at right now they're winning it's great it's fun to win not fun to watch at the moment (laughs) when they're winning like that but they're winning which is good and once again the ball's back in our court we have a mega mega game next Saturday night we do against the other four and one Dockers Um, and yeah look you've just got to keep you've got to keep winning it's hard to you know criticize you know I'm not going to criticize the concept of winning because it's huge for us we're probably eight wins away from the finals and we're already two games clear of ninth Mm. so we've already set ourselves apart a little bit in terms of the ladder position but I don't think we're setting ourselves apart in terms of performance I understand that I can I can understand that uh you look at the ladder at the moment where are we sitting I think fifth yeah, so now six because the Dockers won, and then okay. Geelong win on Monday will be seventh. So is this the first weekend this year that Carlton have won and Essendon, Collingwood, Richmond have lost? I think it was. Yep, it is. What a fantastic week. Soak it up, mate. Why are you not more happy? Well, actually, it happened round three. Did Richmond lose round three? Yes, to St Kilda. Okay. Well, there you go. It's another fabulous no, week. No, and look, in Essendon, they have issues of their own, really. Um... But, no, look, I am happy. I'm very pleased we won. It's just, it's very hard to walk away from games like that clapping. (laughs) No, I understand. So, from my point of view, I just want to see, and we won't see it, 
because you very rarely, if ever, see like a best, best 22 on the park together. But, you know, round one, you're missing Walsh. Round two, you're missing Chera. We've missed McGovern every week since then. We missed Saad for a week. You know, we haven't had a complete 22 yet. For and sure. I, and I'm really eager to see that complete 22. Like, I want to see these five midfielders together with McGovern, with Saad, with these guys who have missed games. Um, and I'm just keen to say that. I think McGovern, I think we're only truly realizing now how significant the McGovern out is. I mean, yeah. the three games that we've played since he's been out have been completely at another level to the first two rounds. We, we, have, we yeah, were we, significantly better with him. We haven't looked to secure, you know, defensively. And even today, I thought the first half, when we were well on top, I still think they were opening us on the, opening us up on the transition far too easily. Well, I think yeah. our issue is... Sorry to interrupt. I think our issue is exiting defensive 50. I mean, we can't... And, and that's probably where McGovern helps significantly because he's intercepting a lot of balls that would eventually get in there that are getting in there now without him in the team. Yeah, but I just think the midfield... I still don't think the midfield's working hard enough both ways. I don't know if our wingers worked hard enough both ways. I just think there was... They transitioned the ball coast to coast a lot without the ball hitting the ground. Yeah. And it, it was concerning early, and we, we, and we were scoring, so it wasn't an issue. But, you know, when we stopped scoring, it became a mighty issue. And really, Port Adelaide should have won the game. Well, they definitely should have. Um, should we dissect the team? So, back line today, um, I thought Jacob Wiedering was fantastic. Yeah, he was he, outstanding. He always is. He always is, and it's nothing new, but he was really good today. Um, thoughts on Lewis Young's performance? Oh, it was very touch and go. I thought made some big blues, made some made some ve- had some very big efforts late as well. It was, it was a very mixed game for me, to be honest. With Young, uh, it was it's tough. It's tough. Look, he's he's spot safe whilst McDonald's out, and it's it, it is a bit of a flip of a coin when they're both available. Um, but you know, whilst he's playing, he's it, it was tough. Uh, because he did make some almighty mistakes, but he, you know, well, the mark on the half forward flank with the handball that got intercepted—that oh, well, was that was unforgivable. Well, that's just zero at, game awareness at the time of the game. Just cannot be doing. And that. And then there was another instance in the last quarter where it was Gray versus Williams and Young, and Young was the oh. one going back with the flight and just lost the ball. See, completely. he was too focused on Georgiades. Did you know yeah, he was, was looking, jo- oh, in front of him? Yeah, he was yeah. looking at Georgiades when Georgiades realistically wasn't in the contest. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I have to agree. I think, you know, there's there's a little bit to work there with Young. You know, we saw against Hawthorne what he's capable of. Hasn't been able to back it up as of yet. He'll yeah. probably get another crack before McDonald's ready to come back in. But I think at this point, if McDonald's fit, I think we do make the swap. I don't think it's like... It's tough. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think they, they, McDonald's they, ahead of him. And they both have their moments, positively and negatively. I don't think McDonald made many blues when he was playing. He didn't start great against Richmond. But yeah, oh, it is tough. It, it's, a, it's a really tough throw up, you know, Young and um, um, McDonald. Uh, Parks played his first game of the year today. What were your thoughts? And does he hold his spot? Um, Actually, we'll speak about team changes. Yeah, no, I think he'll hold his... Because he didn't do anything necessarily better or worse than Plowman, I thought. It, it was... You no, know, I, I didn't think he put a foot wrong, really. You know, I don't think he's a great footballer. But I, I don't think he did anything where it's like, oh, you can't see this guy again, to be honest. Yeah, so a bit of one of the... We say it a lot on the show. There are a lot of games where we watch defenders that they sort of just go unnoticed. They don't really do anything wrong, but they don't really do anything right either. So sort of... Not even that he doesn't do anything right. It's like, you know, he didn't make any errors, so, but he didn't... He wasn't amazing. So he started on Finlayson, and Finlayson did look like their most dangerous forward throughout the game, I thought, out mm. of him, Georgiades well, and Marshall. Simply because they were targeting him. Well, as you would. As you would. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure about Parks. I don't know if he's long-term. Um, Now, so the three that I want to talk about with the defence that we haven't yet are Doherty, Williams, and Sard, and I'm trying to work out what order. Let's start with Doc. He is just, and we say it every week, this guy is fantastic. Like, he is the current all-Australian halfback flank. I don't care what anyone has to say. He's in my team. Um, He is just absolutely phenomenal, and it continues to boggle my mind how he is this good after what he's been through. Just so reliable. Didn't get as much of it today, but, you know, he made some big spoils late as well. There was one when Port Adelaide were entering 50 where they could have hit the front and he went in with a massive yeah, punch. Yeah. Just, it's moments like that, and I say it every week, but 
you know, the game against Hawthorne, I thought when we were back against the wall, Doherty was the one that stepped up. And I tweeted after the game, I just tweeted Sam Doherty because I thought in that last quarter, he was just massive in the big moments. No, he is. Um, Zach Williams, this is the interesting one. And this is, (laughs) it's funny because he's playing, I'd say he's playing good footy, but at the same time, you just don't really want the ball in his hand exiting 50. Defensive 50. And that's why he's not playing good footy. I think his stat line... You don't reckon he's playing good footy? Not really. I think, Fair enough. I think his best game of the year was the game where he didn't get a lot of the ball and where he negated Martin up forward. Well, yeah, he, that was his best game of the but year. He was good against the Bulldogs as well. He's just... It's so shaky. There was, you know, Zach Williams was summed up. Took a kick out in the second quarter. No, in the third... It was, oh, it was towards yeah. the city end. When we were kicking out from the city end. And he did this torpedo... Like when he just didn't need to and it was rebounded and back over his head. I can't remember if it was a goal behind, but it's just hot moments like that where it's like, calm down, man. I think he's definitely improved from last year in terms of knowing when to go, when to not. 100%. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's just, he really is, He for me, he's a bit of a heart attack. <laughs> like he really is. And I say that, you know, respect. I, I say that respectfully because I... You know, I think if a lot of players had the endeavour like him, it'd be really beneficial. The issue is he just doesn't have the execution. Yes, I agree. I think his positioning's good. I think he'd, I actually think he's doing everything right except of his disposal of the ball. And it's a big issue. As in, why is he on kick-out duty? Well, why is he on... And he, do, and he takes basically every single kick-out. And he has for the last three weeks. Yeah. And my issue is we struggle to exit the defensive 50 from kickouts. Like, that is our clear weakness. Yeah. For me, that's what I've noticed in the five games. That is the number one weakness in our team is that we just struggle to and rebound. Look, and we also stopped running after halftime, so every kickout was going to go up the line yeah. to the boundary line But because we looked very static again. But, yeah, I don't know about Williams. It's really tough. The other man, Saad. Oh, now, I, th- I thought he was phenomenal. He's so good. It's crazy how good he is. And there's certain things you say on this show. And then when I watch the games, I sort of have it in the back of my mind. And one of the things you say every week is that he just keeps his feet. He never goes to ground. And it's so true. This guy is just... And there was a moment today where I was convinced he was going to go to ground and he didn't. It was on the in the middle of the ground against two port players. He back against the wall, managed to get the footy out comfortably and just... For me, he's just one of our most reliable, our, one of our biggest weapons, and one of our best players. He's just always alive in the contest. He's the king of the one percenters, Adam Saad. And you what know, a difference it makes. Whether it's little toe pokes or spoils, he tackle, his tackling's exceptional. Uh, I'm, I'm so hot on Adam Saad right now, and that's the guy you want to have the ball in hand with, really. He breaks the lines. He just does all these things that make us a much better team. He really, he, he's a star. I, I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. Um... Think we've... So unheralded across the league as well. I know. People don't rate, rate like... him as highly as he should be rated. But there's a few players like that. Like, I think Jack Silvani is the same. Yeah. Well, and he'll, the and thing he'll, with Adam's... He's not a glamorous player. No. But the thing with Saad is a lot of neutrals would look at the stat shedding and go, oh, you know, 20 possessions each week. You know, no big deal. But it's, you know, the way he gets the ball. It's what he does off it. It's just... It's the whole package of Adam Saad. It's almost like you can't appreciate Adam Saad if you're not physically in the stadium. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. Um, I'm trying to get up here how many one percenters he had today because tell you what, it would have been quite a few. Um, I think that's the whole back line. That and Newman. Newman, what do you I think? I thought Newman was okay. I think, oh, I I think, think he's yeah. I think his he's fourth playing quarter okay. I thought was excellent. Yeah, no, I think he's playing fine. Yeah, it says on the stat sheet Saad only had four one percenters, but yeah, but it's just it's the toe pokes. He gets his body side. in between the ball and player. It's just the little things he does. Yeah. That yeah, I'm very on him. I've always been on Saad, but he he's exceptional. Uh, moving into the midfield, so we'll start with the Ruckman, because I thought today validated, to me at least, just how significant and important Mark Pittenet is to this team. I think he is hands down, and I don't care the circumstances around it, the fact that he's probably the only you know capable Ruckman on our list at this point. I don't care about that. Just, you know, he is one of our most important, most valuable players. He was great. His follow-up work, his presence at the stoppage. That's another thing you've said and, on the show that and, I notice and, now is his follow-up. When he ha- when he taps it down, he follows up, and it makes a massive difference. For he, sure. He often, what he'll do is he'll he'll tap it down to a midfielder, they'll handball it back to him, gain a meter, and then he handballs it back. Yeah, and 
look, he doesn't do much around the ground, but it's almost like today, I know he was playing anti-debutant ruck, but today, stoppages were golden for us because you knew there was a great, you know, it was more likely than not that he was going to get first hands on the ball and we were going to exit. And I'm not sure what the clearance numbers were, but it felt like Chero and Walsh were very, you know, were the beneficiaries of Pitonet rucking instead of of deconning. Yeah, 100%. Well, Chera had uh, four clearances. I think Walsh had four as well. I'm just going to have a quick look. Yeah, Walsh had four as well. Um, and it was Pitonet. I think he had even more than you know, both. We of won them. six extra center clearances and it was evident. Yeah, Pitonet had two He, ju- he just well. makes a difference. No, I agree. And I think he was absolutely fantastic today. Sorely missed against the Gold Coast. And I think seriously, the, the, the sole reason we lost that game started with Pitonet. Um, obviously, a lot else happened that went wrong, but Pitonet was a significant out that we probably didn't appreciate at the time. Uh, the rest of the midfield, Sam Walsh, just going to blitz through his stats here because he was absolutely outstanding. 38 possession, we had 40 possessions, 38 disposals. Uh, he went at 76%. He had the eight score involvements, three marks, six tackles, four clearances, five inside 50s, three rebound 50s. He got the three Brownlow votes. He was absolutely outstanding, and that is what we have been waiting for this year. Is just one of those explosions from SW18. Yep, no, he was very good again. He hasn't had an issue coming back and finding the pill, Walsh. No, but um, we just, we're waiting for more of yeah, an impact. I'd still have a couple, you know, a bit more scoreboard from him because our midfield didn't hit the scoreboard today, which they have been doing. Yep. Um, but, you know, Walsh was great. He really was. You know, first, you know, it was a bit of a handball happy game from Walsh when it not always is. But, um, yeah, no, he. Yeah, he was very he was very good today. I'm going to go through the midfield in order of who I thought was best to worst. Just my opinion. You might yeah. disagree. I thought Hewitt was our next best midfielder. Yeah. He was, for me... He just keeps on keeping on, George. For me, that fourth quarter was just ridiculous. Like, he was the one who didn't put a foot wrong, getting the clearances in the middle. Um, he had 13 clearances, George Hewitt. 13. And Jesus, I didn't know that. And for me... He was just, that last quarter literally won us the game, I think. That's a crazy number. Wow. Wow. I actually just found that out now. That's ridiculous. He had 33 disposals at 90% efficiency. 10 score involvements, oh, Bolt. That is the hard yakka stat, stat of the day. Five inside, five inside 50s as well. This guy, I mean, he is the recruit of the offseason in the AFL as... As in terms of value, like oh, in we terms gave up of anyone. I well, think, no, right I, now, no, one hundred percent. But the thing that which makes it even more crazy is that we gave up nothing for him, and he's not on Bitcoin. Yeah, he he he's just fitted in so seamlessly, hasn't he? Well, don't know. He's, he's just he, so reliable. He's just one of our best players already. Oh yeah, I think he's probably been our best player this season. He's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Seriously, fantastic, George Hewitt. Um, Adam, thirteen Chera. clearances is out of this world. It's almost as high as you'll get this year from any player. Yeah, that is bonkers. That's really rude. <laughs> Adam Chera, I thought, you know, we asked for a bit more from him after last week. We needed more from him, and I think his first half was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, his second quarter in particular was sensational. Um, I thought Chera was really good. I think he rebound. I think he bounced back really well from a bad week on the Gold Coast. He had 32 disposals at 84% efficiency. He had the four tackles, four score involvements, four clearances, five inside 50s. He did a bit of everything. And really, you know, there's even room for improvement with him. His second half, he dropped off a bit. He's going to be a gun. We know this. We know he's an absolute jet. But today really, uh, really solidified. No, I thought he was great. I did think he was really good. He chained up a lot with Walsh, a lot of handball receives. They were working together quite nicely. Uh, Matt Kennedy today, down on his, you know, form to start the season. But he's another one who I thought actually lifted a bit in the last quarter. I thought he was awful. Really? Yeah. The whole, you thought he was awful for four quarters awful. Yeah. Fair enough. Took a nice intercept mark at one point at the city end, defensively. I, 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 I didn't think much of his game at all. I didn't think much of him. And then I thought in that last quarter, he did a few things, which... I just look for moments that win games, and I think he had a few of them no, in the no. last quarter. And his stat sheet... And, I mean, and he is someone that has to be hitting the scoreboard as well from the middle. Well, he does, because that's you know an element of his game that sets him apart. Uh, 20 disposals at 
you know, five score involvements, five marks, five clearances, two uns inside 50s. But I think the stat that we're looking at that he needs to improve on is that he only had one tackle. Yeah, and maybe, maybe awful's a bit harsh, but I, I definitely thought he was underwhelming. Well, I think he's just set the bar really high in yeah, the first and three weeks. we have to keep reaching that bar if we're going to be a good team. 100%. Um, so there's a few here, and I'm going to chuck them in the same category, whether you think it's fair or not. Newton, Setterfield, Cottrell. Um, I think Cottrell is probably the best of those three. Yep. Um, and, you know... Oh, this, boy. Let, let's be honest. Hold on. Let, let's Hold just on. be honest for a second here. This isn't saying much at all. I'm not saying much <laughs> for one second. It's saying very little. But it was probably his best game for the club. 22 touches, had the eight marks, four tackles, couple inside 50s, six score involvements. And I'm not... And as I said, it doesn't mean much, but... I think it was he his held, best performance. He held the ball up okay in the last quarter. He played really well on the Gold Coast last year. That's the only other game that I would say compares oh, yeah. to this one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought he was okay. He was better than I thought he'd be. I'll give him that. Yeah, I mean, look. I, look, I think he'll hold his... I think he'll be there next week, Cottrell. I was very shocked to see him. I'd probably still prefer to see Lockie O'Brien... I would prefer to see Lockie O'Brien playing in that team. Because once again, I think that's a weapon that we can utilise. But, yeah. So, I've got his stats up here against the Gold Coast last year. He had 19, 75% efficiency. couple marks, a couple... T- I don't know, similar- How did you get that so quickly? Oh, and I remembered that I did a post on the account last year. Um, anyway, so yeah, Cottrell, does he hold his spot? I mean, does, o- does O'Brien come straight in for him or...? Well, I think Nunes was a bigger issue today. Than- well, let us know your thoughts on Nunes. What do you think? Um, do you reckon his family listens to this? <laughs> well, I'd like to hope not with what I'm anticipating that you're about to say. I did not... Th- <laughs> I didn't think much of him today. I really didn't. Slow. Lazy. It was almost like a careless effort today from Nunes, and it should have been better. Mr. Bad Setro just doesn't... Didn't take, you know... The thing I always appreciated about Nunes, I always thought he managed his wing professionally. I always thought, you know, he would never dominate his wing, but I thought he'd always manage it. Yeah. And he didn't today. He really didn't. I thought he's, I thought his, him defensively was appalling. I, I don't think we'll be seeing much of Jack Nunes after today. I think the clear reason they dropped Lockie O'Brien is because he had like one tackle last week against the Gold Coast. So but, maybe he didn't... And, and, look, and look, that's an issue... But you've also got to know your players. We all sit here and know Lockie O'Brien's not going to tackle. Whether you agree with that or disagree with that, it's like asking Harry Mackay to make 10 spoils. As much as, you know, it's just not going to happen. And Lockie O'Brien, I get it, it's a game, and we've always said, I think, you know, Lockie O'Brien's positioning's not great. But what Lockie O'Brien brings to this team in terms of kicking is unmatched by anyone on the list. It's unmatched by Paddy Cripps, Sam Walsh, anyone. Lockie O'Brien's field kicking. Yep. And it's something where I'd rather have 10 less disposals of on my wing and have him playing it than Jack Nunes. And that's fair enough. I think that's just where it's at. That's why, and I got a lot of feedback for my tweet on Friday about how I thought that was some of the worst team changes I've seen. And that's kind of where it was It was more the Lockie O'Brien omission for me. No, and and, and I, I was staggered by it. And I don't think Nunes really solidified that change this week. No. Uh, and then there's Setterfield. He's also in a lot of... He's also just at a crossroads. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't, just... I, I just don't know where he's at. I, I was very surprised he went out before O'Brien as well. He stayed in, you know, before O'Brien. Um, you know, Setterfield... He, just me, sh- he should be so much better than what he is. For me with Setterfield, I just don't really understand what, what what's his number one asset. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's great at. What I would have said two years ago in 2020 was his number one asset is possibly burst from the pack kick inside 50 I'd say he did that really well and look he was playing more in the guts in 2020 so he's playing a different role which I think we've always said he's not it's not his preferred position but you've got to adapt dude his kicking's not great he's not he's just I think he goes through the motions a bit sometimes I've, I've said you know when the intensity turns up he goes down I don't know it was but look Setterfield's that form that Setterfield showed today has held him in the team for five weeks, so I don't see why he'd take him out this week. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, moving on to the forward line, um, and we'll come to the bench in a second, but Durden, 
Owies. Let's talk about them because I think uh, this was definitely probably the least we've got from them as a combination this year. Um, and you know, you know, we're both big fans of both of them. I think we both really appreciate some of the efforts and the things that they do around the field. But you know, when you're getting 14 touches between them and only a goal between them, um, and not a whole lot, you know. That a couple tackles. I mean, yeah, it's they, it was, they tackled. I get I it. Actually I actually thought Durden started well. I actually thought they both started okay. They, they got out of the game quickly because we just lost all yeah. speed and transition and fluency. And- well, my my issue is, I think in that second half when we were going inside fifty, that is when we really needed them because the 100%. ball was hitting the deck every time. No, they're, they're very important players to us, the two of them. Yeah, I, I thought Owies didn't do a lot. I thought he's you know pressure without the ball was pretty good. I think he, you know he had a couple of nice tackles. Yeah, well, we had five. Um, I just think the thing with them is that we just need... Well, we need scoreboard at the end of the day. That I mean, they're in the team for their pressure, which they're both really good at, but we need a little bit more scoreboard from them. There's One no goal doubt. between them isn't enough. Uh, I'm leaving the best till last here. We've got to wait for, go through the rest before we get to Charlie and Harry. Uh, Jack Martin today? Mm, tr- look, at least he hit the scoreboard. Kicked two early goals. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it was... Yeah, like it, it, I don't think it was an outstanding game, but he hit the scoreboard, and that's you know what he hasn't been doing, and that's what he did. So that's a tick for him, I'd say. And Zach Fisher, I actually thought Fisher was quite good. Yep. I was actually pretty pleased with Fisher. Twenty-two touches at eighty-one percent. He kicked two goals, had six score involvements. He had sorry five inside fifties, but one of the goals he kicked from the boundary line was just unbelievable, and you would have had an unbelievable view. Oh, the of it dribble! As well. I did, I did. That was I well, rode that, that home. Well, that's our Carlton goal of the year so far. Yeah. I think comfortably. Yeah, he's kicked a couple nice ones. I still watch his goal from round one. Yeah, fair enough. When you when you kettle the boil, <laughs> as you said. Um, no, I actually thought he played really well, Fisher. Have you noticed that I think it's now four weeks in a row that he actually only 10 centre bounces in the last quarter? Yeah, I don't mind it. Impact player at the end of the game. Got yeah. a bit more legs in him. Yeah. Uh, Jack Silvani is just, he's just, as we said before, you know, doesn't get the recognition he deserves around the league, but he is one of the best players in our team. He'd make every single 22. He's absolutely fantastic and one of our most valuable players. Can't speak highly enough of Jack Silvani right now. You know what? You know, could have, should have had three goals as well on the day, but he's just—he's fearless. Knows he's—you know—he's not quick, but he's so clever. And it's amazing when you see a player now in their seventh year of footy knows his niche, knows his role, and knows he doesn't have to flourish. But he's flourishing internally at our, in our team because he knows his specific task. He's just such a great link-up player. I think, you know, there's no... You know, I think everyone likes when Jack Silvani's on the ball because, you know, stuff's going to happen. I, I can't speak highly enough of him. He's having... He's had a superb start to the year. He's having one heck of a season. And really, I think it all started at the end of 2019. That was... Was it 2019, halfway through the year, he started really playing some good footy? I think there were a couple of games at the MCG, possibly against Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. He played well against the Ds. Yeah. End of 2019. And it's all kicked off from there. And it's just... He's just so consistent. Oh, he actually, he's been brilliant. He just never has a bad game. No, nah, he does. He, and that's exactly... He always makes... You know, he always inserts himself in a game. I, I can't speak highly enough of him. And I think Carlton fans all share the same view, really. It's hard to say a bad word about Sauce. Yep. Completely agree. It's bloody awesome to see. Uh, H, well... He did it against the Hawks. He took a game-saving pack mark on the wing. And today, it wasn't on the wing, but it was another game-saving pack mark. He's just, you know, he's one of the very best at what he does. And I thought he was extreme today. I thought he was brilliant. You know, some massive marks from Harry Mackay. He had three contested. He had five. Uh, he hit the scoreboard with three goals. 18 disposals. You know, he was t- he was clanking him off the halfback. I just think he is he's as important as it gets for us. Oh yeah. Yeah, it goes without saying. He's one of the best key forwards in the competition. He's he had eighteen disposals as well, so he got busy. Um he he was brilliant. He he really was. He is yeah. He's one heck of a player. Yeah, he is and, and he's 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 another one who just never has a bad game. Cause he cause he's such a beautiful overhead mark. And he's such a beautiful reader of the play when it's coming at him so directly that he's always going to have a couple of opportunities at goal, minimum. Mm. Uh, Charlie Kerno, he's yep. kicked another bag of five. I mm. think he kicked one against the Dogs. Yep. He is just, you know, 
there were questions. Could he ever, you know, return after all these injuries? Could he ever become the player we thought he might? Well, I can tell you this much. He is right now one of the very best full forwards in the competition. And he's just playing such good footy. He's playing such good football. And I'm so pleased for him. Yeah. And it's important for us. Well, it, it's amazing because, you know, this is probably the, the longest stretch of time we've seen Silvani. Um, we've seen Kerno and Mackay play together. And, you know, this is a, it's a serious double threat, Kerno Mackay. It is elite. Well, it just, you know, it's the best duo in the competition. Yeah, right now it is. You know, Hawkins, Cameron probably say hello as well. Yeah, but, um, this is, you know, th- these guys are extreme. They're very hard to defend. Their reach overhead is very, very good. Um, yeah, and they're kicking goals. They're kicking goals. Oh, they've had eight between them again today. I think it's 27 now for the season. So they're going at, a, you know, they're about five or six a week. They're a bit like the uh, the AFL's version of Harry Kane and Hong Min Son, if anyone follows Premier League out there. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> well, hang on. You brought up Melbourne victory last week, so I have oh, to bring up Tottenham. Yeah, <laughs> Derby, 3-0. Fair enough. Uh, but that's the 22 from today. Paddy Dow was a sub, didn't come on. Didn't uh, rate that move. I don't rate that at all. Because well, I think that's a guy that's been in good VFL form. And I think if he's good enough to play AFL, you play him in the team. And if he's not good enough yet, you let him get more pill in the VFL. Yeah, so you just don't rate the fact that he just doesn't play a game this week. I think there's certain players that I can handle being the substitute and not playing. Williamson, one of them? Yeah, I can handle him being the sub. Yep. And Paddy Dow's just not one of those players. I think he's beneficial for anything. So, Bolt, quickly, three, two, ones. Tough, I reckon, today. It is. I've done my BNF votes. I haven't yet. I'm a bit slack with them. Yeah, I I love it. I I do it on the train coming home. Yeah, I tend to do it tonight, later on. You know who's winning my BNF? Who is it? Georgie boy. Georgie boy. Oh, He's well. actually tying with Doherty. So who's 3-2-1 today? Tough today. I, I think Walsh gets the three. I think Kerno gets the two. As in, you know, in a game, when you win a game so tightly, yeah. scoreboard's everything. Yeah. And, you know, he kicked, he kicked our only two goals after half time. Um, yeah, I'm loving Charlie Kerno to be honest. And the one's tough. I think Adam Saad, for me, has to get my one. Oh, I thought Wiedering was exceptional, though. I really did. So I'm going three Walsh, two uh, Kerno, and I'm going to give Hewitt one. Yep. 13 clearances does well, 13 clearances has blown me away. Do you want to have a shot for every clearance later? Um, yep, sure. <laughs> uh, VFL. Don't know if we'll make it to the Freo game if that's the case. <laughs> VFL. Uh, they lost their first game of the year today to the Tigers. 25-point loss. Richmond getting over the line 15-7-97. 11672 Carlton Reserves. Um, this was a dirty day, and I think there were a lot of players who we were looking out for. It's interesting because we held them up in that pre VFL, pre season yeah, VFL yeah, well, game. I think, you know, that's what happens when you take out their best three players. And Cot- apparently, I, re- I read a couple of reports, and I'm being dead serious when I say this that apparently Casoldo went back to the twos for Richmond today. Yeah. And apparently he towed up to Conning, just that big body again in the ruck. And I hate to pick on DeConning when he's not even playing in the AFL, but it's a genuine concern. Oh, it is. It's that stoppage presence. And I think Carlton have to make the call very quickly in terms of our list. In terms of, you know, a list assessment. Do you continue, you know, valuing Tom DeConning as a ruckman? Or should we start trying to make this a triple threat up forward and making him a genuine key forward? Because I just feel like he's treading water. He's in between a couple of positions. And I think the position we're pushing him to play is this athletic ruckman isn't working. Well, so I, I don't know if he played full-time ruck. Because well, Murkov was there as well. Murkov would have been the primary ruckman. But yes, Soldo did get 41 hitouts and two goals. Yeah, I read a lot even, of reports that he was good. Even uh, Samson Ryan had 14 hitouts. Oh, and then, Samson! <laughs> and then Murkov with 13 and DeConning with 12. So yeah, doesn't read beautifully, but let's quickly run through some of the other Carlton players. Jack Carroll was the highest disposal getter out of the AFL-listed players with 23, along with Tom Williams. And you know, he could get a look in very soon, I feel, Jack yeah, Carroll. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Plowman had 21, Boyd had 17, O'Brien 15, Philp 13 and two goals, DeConing had 14 and a goal, uh, Motlop 12 and a goal, Fogarty 12, Stocker 11, Kemp 10 and a goal, 
Merkov seven. It's, inter- so it's interesting how like Stocker's numbers went. Maybe played a bit more defensively without Parks and Cottrell in the team. Yeah, and I mean, look, I think I think he would have probably played that more defensive role. I, I think Stocker's the type of player, and we said it sort of today with Lockie O'Brien. I think both of them are just better at AFL level. I definitely, yeah, no, I think Stocker's game's good enough to go anywhere. I think Lockie O'Brien is the beneficiary of good service coming at him, and you know, you know, because he's kicking so good. That's the only asset he's got, but that has to that only excels in a really good environment with good players around him. Mm. Uh, so yeah, VFL Philp as well. I think he's getting close to a look in another two goals today. Um, let's quickly move on to the Twitter questions. I'd still like to see Philp. I'm very keen to see it. Because we haven't seen him live ever. Played the two games in the COVID season. Yep, that's true. And he was very raw. That St Kilda game on on the Friday night. He was very raw. I'm very keen to see Phil. Same. All right, Twitter questions, Bolt. Um, The first one, Damon Mule. Uh, You'll be be seeing him next week. (laughs) He's my boy this week. Uh, He said always could do with a spell. And it's probably... It's... it's, um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Nah. I'm... I really like our little full. I think they're so they are important. Um, look, if it's Motlop that comes in, if it's Philp that comes in, I can handle that because I'm actually pretty on all four of them right now. And obviously, your mate Honey's not available yet, but I, I've got. I, I think I Owens, think if he was available, would be. Playing. I'd like to still develop that chemistry between Durden and Owies. I think get them playing together as much as you can because they really they're, they're such bouncy players. I, I think Corey Durden's going to be a great player for us. I think Corey Durden's going to be a gun. Guns in his position. Yeah. I mean, you know, whether he's a gun in the competition or not. Uh, uh, yeah. He's he's going to be great. He's, he's Corey Durden's only played 6 games. Yeah. No, he's so he looks very good. He does. Uh Anthony says 4 and 1 got to be happy with that, but letting teams come back will eventually come back to bite us against the top teams. How do we improve in this area? Do you think it's a lack of fitness or a mental problem? It's a great question. It's interesting because the thought I had was, is our game plan just so easy to pick apart once you see us for a half? But our game plan doesn't change. I think it's... it's but, no, but, but, but a team's evolving it, it, it during the game? It shouldn't take a team a half to pick it apart. They should know it going into it. I know. It's very interesting. Is it a fitness thing potentially? Like I, I'm probably not well-versed enough to say if it is or isn't because, you know... I'm sure these guys are running quick 3Ks. I'm sure these guys are, you know, as in they're all quick. They're playing in the AFL. Yeah. So they're not unfit blokes. But, you know, are they getting gassed to it? Are they, you know, overworked? It's hard to know on the fitness thing, but it's definitely a possibility. Um, and yeah, maybe they're just not, you know, and we do play a very frenetic, fast-paced brand of footy. Maybe it's just not sustainable over four quarters. Because, you know, we haven't had a game where we've only, the most quarters we've won in a match this season is two. Mm. We haven't had a match where we've won more than two quarters. So, it, it is a concern. I tweeted it. I think it's... I don't want to pump up my own tyres here, but I think it's the tweet of the season. <laughs> At quarter time, we're 25 points up. And I tweeted, it's quarter time, right? So, we're 25 points up. We're all thinking we're cruising. Then we go, what, 50 points up at half time. I went with, so you're telling me we have to sit here for the next three quarters and wait for Port Adelaide to come back. <laughs> Because it's just so predictable. Well, you went with the early crow and you nailed it. Um, yeah, look, it is predictable. We're going to need to... We're going to... I mean, it's it's turning into the same type of thing as when we used to just concede five in a row every week under Teague and Bolton. <laughs> well, this is a bit better. But, yeah, look, it, it's, it's, re- it's really tough viewing for us, isn't it? It is, but a win's a win. And thank God these games are resulting in wins. Uh, Wilson said, are we going too hard for lengthy periods and causing fatigue that allows other teams to dominate us afterwards? Or are we getting complacent once well up and then shitting the bed when they get a run on? So, I mean, the theme of these questions, I'm reading through them. Everyone wants to know, you know, why is this happening? Why are we, why are we getting to these quick starts and why can't we put four quarter performances together? And I mean... It is, look, it is, it's a fair frustration to share. Because today... We got out of jail against Hawthorne and we shouldn't have. We got out of jail today and we shouldn't have. It's into below 41 and 50 point leads. Is a joke. Today, would have, if Port Adelaide had won today, it would have been the sixth time in the AFL's history that a team has come from 49 points down at half time and won. Mm. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Uh, Jim Fiddler says, were we out coached again? 
<clears throat> look, I'm not... Look, they, they swung a few things. I saw, you know, Rosie kind of went out of the forward line. They, you know, Boke went as more of a high half forward after halftime as well. So they swung... They flew the magnets around. But that's the thing. Like, when you're losing by eight or nine goals, you have, you've almost got the luxury of nothing to lose from here on that you can throw the magnets around. And if it works, you look like a superstar. I didn't think it was like Hawthorne because I didn't think Port Adelaide actually changed the course of how they were playing. I just think we got significantly worse, to be honest. Because mm. I always thought Port Adelaide looked quite dangerous when they had the well, ball you early. Half time, we were up by fifty points. You weren't happy. No. You said we weren't playing well. No, and I actually saw I spent half time with Terry, and I bumped into him at quarter time as well. And I said to him at quarter time, oh, I said I'm not liking this, and he basically laughed in my face. And then I told him again at half time. I said I, I said I'm a bit happier with that. And I said that, you know, maybe it's just because I'm, you know, naturally really negative. But I, I did think Port Adelaide looked really good when they had the ball. It's just we were also playing at a really high level. And mm. as soon as our level dipped, you know, Port Adelaide's level was looking much better. So I don't know if it was a matter of out coaching. Um, but yeah, because I think Port Adelaide wouldn't mind having Vossi back in the box right now. Well, they haven't won a game since he's left. It's uh- crazy. <laughs> Six games ago, they beat us by 95 points at the Adelaide Oval. Mm. in Mark Murphy's last game. Not many changes to their team. No. A lot to ours, but... Thank God we don't do a Port Adelaide podcast because this would be a very hard period to dissect. Well, I think we'd throw it in the towel, really. Oh, and five. I don't know. Look, we'll see. They're done. They're done. They're finished because they haven't got that many players out. And I know that... The thing with them is they're still quite young, which is why it's weird. Well, they are. Well, it's it's because they're... Maybe they're taking a gap year like the D's. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't know, with Port. It's a really interesting one to dissect, and I'm glad we don't have to. No. Owen 5. Uh, just for a second, while we're on the topic of Port, Alir Alir, well, what do you know? He has to defend today, and that's why he shouldn't have been the All-Australian. He was garbage. Garbage. He got five kicked on him. Garbage. <laughs> he was shocking. He was absolute rubbish. Only certain players and can I'm come sorry, back I have from- got I have got it in for him because I think he stole Jacob Weedering's Australian blazer. I oh, know he did. Oh, it wasn't him, but the the yeah. selectors stole it and gave it to him. And once again, we're not discrediting Ali's 2021 season. He was unbelievable. But he but he but he's not a centre half back. No, because in an ideal world, he's their third tall that intercepts, and he couldn't play that game today. And look what happened: bang, bang, bang over his head. But only certain players can come back early from a syndesmosis and fit in. <laughs> and Not everyone can do it. MJ Connell said, can you tell the supporters that are bitching about winning to stop bitching? You know what, MJ? Well, I, I think, am I one of the, Do I count as one of those people? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think everyone's happy we're winning because I think in the last 15 years, we've seen five or six seasons where we've only won four games or less. So we've already got four after five weeks. I think everyone's ecstatic with the results. And it is a results-based industry, so no one's unhappy. But I think there is an ex- I think there re- there has to be a reasonable expectation that this can't be happening every week. Yeah, every- it's un- it is unacceptable to let teams back in when you're fifty points up and yep. take you to the wires. And Carl Amon literally had a shot after the siren. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean he kicks that, we lose. Yeah. Uh, Michael Saravolo says fish in the midfield should it be more frequent? Well, it's a- he- I don't think so. But he was good today. I, I think every now and again, but I don't think he's a genuine stoppage player because we've got those balls. Uh, just running through the rest of the questions. Um, Brett Mac- Maximovic said, we all thought the selections were questionable when made. Now that the game has been played, what were the selection? did the selections work and what didn't? Um, I think Parks, you, you know, that was, it wasn't an issue. The Parks for Plowman yeah, swap. Yeah, it was neither here nor there. Um, I yeah. think. Well, who did Cottrell come in for? Who went out for Cottrell? Well, so the outs this week were Cripps, O'Brien, and Fogarty, mm. and I think someone I, I, else. I'll, I'll say this: I think I think Cottrell played better today than Fogarty has this year. But they're not playing. Well, let's the say same Durden. Position. Durden came in for Fogarty. Yeah. Well, yeah, Cottrell probably for Cripps then, but Setterfield played that role. I think Cottrell today possibly played as well as Setterfield is being playing on the wing. Yeah. I I was more pissed off with the Lockie O'Brien omission. Yeah. I really and you've made was. made that very clear. I really was. Yeah. Because I did not see it coming. From I, I, I was completely blindsided. We've had a lot of... Que- like, basically every single question here is about, you know, why 
we go so far ahead and then lose the lead. And we've, in, we've spoken about it. It's hard to know why. It's frustrating. But look, gee, our season could be looking so differently right now. It's seriously. A couple of heart stoppers at the G. We haven't lost at home, though. Um, Jimmy Faz said, Is this a case of Voss implementing his game plan and waiting for it to be perfected until adding other layers? I fully expect to fix the other outside layers as we evolve into the game plan. At the end of the day as well, it's worth noting this team has been playing under different coaches for so many years and then now we've got a new coach. We are five weeks into this, you know, trying no, to implement no, I, this system. I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I made it very clear when we made the podcast and we appointed Michael Voss that I'm not going to give you an opinion on Voss till the bye. I made it very clear that I won't give you yep. an opinion on his coaching because you need a big sample size to see it. Um, and the results are speaking for themselves right now. I do like the brand of footy. I do like the brand of footy. Um, and like, yeah, I, I'm sure it's not a complete... I'm sure, you know, us as a team, being a squad of 30 and the coaching staff isn't complete yet. I, I agree with Jimmy. Lockie Egg says, uh, is our lack of ability to move the ball from D50 to F50 a personnel or coaching issue? I think it's a bit of both. I think it's personnel because I think there's a clear intent of what to do because they sometimes look really flash hot when they do it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of times... That we've seen this season where we look like we're going to score every time we're going forward. Yeah. And it's something we haven't seen for the best part of, you know, since the three Amigos were playing, really. So, it is exciting when they're on, but it can go... They go back into their shells. They, they, they do go back into their shells very easily and frequently. Wayne Griffin says, do, do we think... He said, do think we need to acknowledge that Carlton have played two weeks in a row in very hot and warm conditions. That has to be energy sapping... Liked our last three minutes, we would never have been that smart under Teague. It's and, and look, it was you could have easily you know wound back the clock to twenty twenty when it was the same thing happened with a minute to go. We had the ball coming out of D fifty. We turned it over Robbie Gray after the siren. So there were some traumas today that we um defeated, but yeah, I I agree they managed the last three minutes pretty well. Uh, and then mark dt agrees with you said can we can anyone explain why why down missing a game this week was a good idea it's 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 simply not a good idea it's not we're gonna end the twitter questions there um i'm sorry if we've missed yours um and yeah we've tried we've spoken a lot about this strong starts and slow uh finishes you know going up by 50 points and then conceding that lead um, we will definitely keep speaking about that. Hopefully, we don't have to, really, but I'm sure we will. Yep. Um, Bolt, I think, have we covered everything today? Yeah, basically. It was, look, it was an interesting day at the footy. We got the win. Four points. And you know what? It's another fantastic week of life. It is. Whenever you win, it's a good week. And I love the fact that the separation on the ladder now, the ladder's starting to take shape. We're so, two games clear of eight. So you made a comment to me after the game that you think there'll only probably be one more change to the top eight from yeah. now. Well, statistically speaking, after round six, there's very minimal change to the eight teams that lie inside the top eight spots on the so table. So do you think we're going to make the eight? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's more likely than not we well, will. I've got a smile on my face. No. It doesn't mean we're going to make it, no, but I like no, to no. hear it. I think, you know, if you had to, you know, put your money where your mouth is, you'd bet on Carlton to make it rather than not. Yep. Um, and look, I've seen stranger things. Because I don't think we're playing great footy. I think... Oh, no, we, it's so hard to assess us because we can easily fall off a cliff in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the eight is starting to take... Look, we're two games clear already. So, you know, fate's in our own hand here. You know, because there is such a gap, you might only need... And our percentage is really weak. Yeah. So, you might only need 11 and a strong percentage like last year or 12. So, we've already got four under our belt. So, I think we are in a good position. Um, team changes is the one thing we haven't done. Yeah. So, should we speak as if Cripps is going to play or isn't? Yeah, all the club's advertising that he is. Okay, so Cripps will come in. I don't know if to believe him or not, but we'll say... Okay, so Cripps is going to come in. Yeah. And Oscar McDonald didn't play VFL again this week, so he won't play. Um, Who's going out for Cripps? Can we say Nunes? I think there's two changes I'd be making. Yep. And I think it's as simple. I know he didn't play great in the VFL today, but I think they'll get him in. I think it'll be Cripps and Stocker for Setterfield and Nunes. So he's taking out two wings. Yeah, well, Cottrell will play on one. And who's playing on the other? Great question. <laughs> Maybe Stocker. 
up the ground. I don't maybe think they're Fisher. Do they're not going to go from yeah. playing with yeah, three. They're not going to play one. Stocker, are they? No. Nah. Well, they might bring. I'd Dow love. In. I'd love. Maybe it will be Dow. <sighs> the wing is such an issue at Carlson. Well, it's like the Bermuda Triangle, maybe. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're going to drop. I think Cripps. I think. It could just be Crips for, for Nunes. It could be. I think that I think that is what it'll be. It'll be Crips for Nunes. Yeah, it very well could. That, that is the easy. Cha- it's the easiest change we'll make this year. And I think Stocker, Dow, O'Brien, and probably De Koning will be the four emergencies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I can live with that as the one change. Well, we'll do it all again next week. So, so next week is a mega game. Both teams at four and one. Yeah. Both teams fighting to break into the finals for the first time in a little bit. It almost doesn't get bigger for us this year. This sets up the middle part of the season. Well, if you win next week, you've got Adelaide and North at Marvel. If you win next week, we should be seven and one. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's it's this, but this game, this is a genuine threat to us. Another team trying to enter the eight. Both teams looking pretty good, playing very fast, Freel, Freel hybrid playing footy. Good footy. They are playing good footy. They look really good. They look really good. We go to their home deck as well, which is going to the be The good tough. thing is Tabitha's not kicking seven again. He's not doing it. Yeah, two that's, weeks and he flushed that happening. out of his system. That's not happening. So we'll touch wood, even though we don't need a touch wood. He's not kicking seven on Sir Jacob. Yeah. Um, it's a big game. Like, just in terms of the season. So like, you're going. I am. So we'll have to do this over Zoom next week. Yes. Yeah. The, and, and apologies for the quality of audio last week. We were really, <laughs> really undermanned in the audio department no, we were. no so yeah no i will do it next week i'm not coming back till monday night yeah no we'll do it over zoom um, i'm excited i've never been over there never been to perth no i've never been to perth new stadium as huge, well huge. and just a big game like jeez it'll be an epic win if they get up over there it will be oh it's it's a mass massive game i'll send you a photo from jack Nunes's pocket <laughs> i'd like you to that well, maybe they'll have to happy. keep him in mm, true <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> Bolt, thank you. No worries. I'm very. I'm also. I'm almost a bit nervous for next week already. Yeah. Well, we play well there. We've won our last two we or have, three. And, and we've got. You know, we had a big win against the G as well last year. And Marv, we beat them twice last year. And yep. not 2020 and 2019. Yep. Um, should we remind them that Chera plays for Carlton next week? Or I'm sure they'll be switched on. Yeah, I think you might need to remind them though. Oh. 2022. Hopefully, it's the year of the baggers. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, this season's going We are all playing this... for second place, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, the first place is locked and loaded. Well, you never Melbourne know. Are... Collingwood 2011, Geelong 08, you, Richmond 2018. You never know. You never know. As long as you're in it, as long as you're still alive, you're in it. But I tell you what, this season's going to drag on. This is just going to be a nightmare watching this team try and hold on to a spot in the eight. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, like, I, like every game's significant. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. We're relevant. We are relevant. Thank you, Bolt. We're going to end it there. Blue Baggers, thank you for tuning into the show this week. Head back and listen to all of our previous episodes if you didn't get a chance. And uh, we'll be sure to do this again next week over Zoom as Bolt will be in Perth. Yes. Safe Go flight. Blues. Go Blues. Go Blues. They will know that they've been playing against the famous old-